Mum. How are you, big cat? You good? Yeah, good. You uh, you under the pump? You you good for a chat or you got to do shit? No, I don't do anything, mate. <laughs> that almost sounded like quite depressed. I don't have to do anything, mate. Hello, hello, hello. Does hey. That, is that all right? Does yeah, that work? Oh, good. Yeah, can you hear me okay? I Can't sure can. That's all right. How you doing? Oh, well, right now, very good, because I don't have a husband or three children anywhere near me. <laughs> Glad to know it gets easier. Oh, fuck me. Does not, not yet. So. Uh, how, how old are your kids now? Oh, eight, eight, five and two. Oh my God! You keep going back to the well, mate. What are you doing? No, that, no, that's it. He's had the sniff, so we are we are three and out. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fucking, it's tough. It is tough. You're in the trenches, we're, mate. We're, oh, we're in the fucking trenches. We're about three rungs below surviving. So, but anyway, <laughs> it's, it's all good. <laughs> Shani man, W George, how are you, pal? Good, buddy. How are you? Yeah, a bit of a wreck, but all good. Hmm. It, it is a nervous week. The old, uh, it's very hard to concentrate on your work when you know you're going to a grand final. Well, that's kind of why I've manipulated my work week to involve calling mates about the footy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got an idea an for work, funny. guys. It's um, I won't be able to attend any meetings or do anything I normally do, but um, yeah, just going to talk to everyone I know about footy. <laughs> what do you do for a job again, man? Cheers. It's Michael Clemens' evening at the Sydney Cricket Ground. One way shot under pressure. This is where gold, the best kind of gold. What a legend. What a champion. Quarter two of fan final for this week. It's impossible for me not to just put on a really idiotic voice. Do that voice. voice, I know. Well, well, well yeah, we yeah, yeah. I've got zero brain cells and I'm <laughs> reveling in it. <laughs> Mace, we're sponsored as always by Mint Sports. It's a big fan final for this week yeah. over at Mint Sports. Get on over there and check it out. Let us Ooh, pray. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let us pray that no one gets their jaw broken in the opening minutes of this grand final. Let us pray for the neutral that it's not over at half time. Cheers would love nothing more if it was in Brisbane's favour. And <laughs> let us pray it isn't a draw. Ugh, that sounded horrible. Oh my god! All right, in the name of. In the name of. Lee, Lee Matthews. Matthews. Elbows down, Lee. Maddie Scarlet. Scarlet. Topoke. The Topoke King. Brendan, Brendan Goddard. Goddard. Fair grab and a losing cause. And, and your man, Dusty, Dusty Martin. Martin. <laughs> ah, Penn. He won the Norm Smith the day you went, did he? He did, my friend. He won the Norm Smith, the Brownlow, and players, coaches' votes that year. He did the whole lot. He did the whole shebang, mate. He did everything. Won it all. I'll tell you what. I'm looking forward to hearing friend of the pod, Wado, discuss... 
Lenny Hayes' Norm Smith medal in this episode because it's pretty much just there to remind him that he isn't a premiership player. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing more of Wado's no doubt non-opinionated thoughts. Jeez, I love him. So much passion and so much pain. Saints fans, unbelievable. Hey, this quarter, mate, quarter two, it's all about the game day experience. It's all about the lasting memories. This is the first Mm. time that I'm going to be seeing my team live in a granny. Meso, I don't know if there's going to be a herd it, but... I think it's worth revisiting in footy finals week anyway. Can you run me through your mm-hmm. your lasting memories, your game day experience? 2017. Well, the game day experience is one thing, but I'll tell you what. It started as that the siren blew when we beat GWS in the prelim. Mm. The stress, yep. the panic, the constant walking around trying not to moz the team, like walking <laughs> under a ladder. I don't, I've never done that. I don't know how that happens to people. Painters, that's probably the only people that it happens to. Don't walk under a ladder, mate. Well, where's all the ladders? Where do you reckon that came from? Is that just bad luck? Is that bad luck just purely because yeah. you're more chance of getting hit in the head because someone's going to be working on top of a ladder? Where does that superstition originate? It's a great musing, isn't it? I don't know. Under the ladder. Yeah, don't know. Don't know. Listen, it all started that week. And it even started when you know, I started having good thoughts about the game when I got on the plane from Sydney to Melbourne. And no joke, mm-hmm. the guy to the right of me was a monk. Wow. I sat next to a monk. Did you have a chat? Chew the ear off? Didn't speak. Really? Shock horror. Did you do what I do when I'm on international flights and order for the person next to me when they're not drinking so that when I get cut off, I've got double the drinks? <laughs> yeah, mate, just, uh, That's brilliant. just a Bloody Mary, mate, and um, he'll, uh, he'll have a double. That's ideal. <laughs> a row full of monks would be amazing. <laughs> Blink twice if I'm lying. Amazing. He was incredible. He was very calming. He was drinking. It was weird. He was a monk, but he was drinking like a water, Mount Franklin bottled water. It weirded me out. He drank water? Oh, my God. What a weirdo. Yeah, it weirded me out. It was so crazy. But just the Mount Franklin bottle weirded me out. Sorry, if you're... I'm just thinking, you know, some people like grind their teeth in their sleep or whatever. What if you're a monk Mm. who couldn't help but talk in their sleep? You're a sleep-talking monk. (laughs) You'd have to take a vow of... Of insomnia. You have to, I'm taking a vow of insomnia. I refuse to sleep because I keep chewing my pillow off. Or he puts a muzzle on or it tapes his mouth. Oh, yeah. Gaffer tape. He's going to have to tape it. Gaffer monk. <laughs> He's got a gaffer monk it. Yeah. yeah. The gaffer monk. <laughs> Again, just quickly, tangent. Hit me. The origins of the walking under a ladder, it's an old Egyptian superstition. Of course. The ancient Egyptians believed the space between the ladder and the wall was home to both good and evil spirits. And if that space was disturbed, those spirits would be angered. So it was forbidden to walk beneath the ladder. So there you go. I would have thought more that like some dude's building above you might drop a tin of paint on your noggin. Ironically, where were the ladders when they were building the pyramids? Well, that's it. We've just unearthed how they did it. Slaves and ladders. (laughs) Anything can be achieved with (laughs) slaves and ladders. It'd be a great board game, Slaves and Ladders. Slaves and Ladders. Oh, mate, I nearly got to the top of the pyramid. What happened? Hit a slave. Oh, you're allowed to. You're allowed to hit slaves. Makes them work harder. Now, I I drank his water. What? And I thought... The monk? Because I had a bit of a panic... Yeah, as I got on the plane, I had a bit of a panic. I don't know what happened. I get a bit, I get a bit scared on the flight on planes, but that's for another pod. And he offered me his water. Are you sure? How'd he do it though? Yeah, little look, obviously. Yeah, but he gave me his water, and I thought, oh, I'll have a quick sip, and it calmed me down. I don't know what he had in that water that monk that day, 
but he had something. Look, I'm getting stuck on the monk. Now I got to the got to <laughs> Melbourne. Well, mate, hang on a minute. Was he self-immolating? Is that what it's called again when they set fire to themselves? The monks set themselves alive. Yeah, he was going to go this self-immolation, and he was like, mate, hold on to this because I'm about to douse my noggin in petrol. Nah, thanks for the sip, <laughs> monkey. <laughs> mate, he was he was lovely without even saying anything. Mm. Look. When I got to Melbourne, the morning, it's the best day ever. During the game, it is dreadful. Yeah. It is painful. It is really intense. I remember the third quarter of the Richmond 2017, it went for it felt like it went for ages. Mm. We're up by a few goals and I was just like, I can't handle this. I ate six sausage rolls during the game. <laughs> six. Like party pie ones, mini ones? No. Full four and twenty ones. Six of the best. Down the throat. Straight through the big sticks. I had... The worst heartburn for days. It was oh, really? out of control. Those drives are pretty good for you. Six of them. <laughs> well, the best thing I did is I walked them off because I didn't. I sat down in my seat for about eh, five yeah. minutes and said, "I'm not doing this." Went straight down the next level and stood and watched the whole game from the from the gateway yep. getting in. Yep. And I just had to have to stand. Same. Have yeah, to I'm stand the footy, especially on a grand final day. Got a pace. Got a pace back and forth. Look away for a second. You know, just get the blood flowing, get the blood flowing, get the sausage rolls moving through the bowels. Old hail and pace mace. It is, oh, it is so stressful. What's your tomato sauce routine on the six snag rolls? Individual sachets, little squeeze per bite, or do you just hoof them down there? Squeeze per bite. I'm a squeeze per bite. I have man. an image of you. you. Remember the amazing Jonathan on Hey Hey trying to put the pencil in his nose and out that? Was it just <laughs> you doing that, but with sausage rolls? <laughs> Listen, it is a great day, but it is very, very intense and stressful. So you've got to enjoy as much of the non-game stuff as possible. And eat beforehand. So let's hear from fans about the biggest day of their sporting lives. I love it. And all their memories. Enjoy. Enjoy. sitting on the steps because it was so tense for the last quarter. I think it might have been when Sam Mitchell kicks a goal in the last quarter and I got a text from Jai, a mate, basically just said, I can't believe you guys are going to win the flag. And I remember thinking, holy shit, we yeah. actually are going to win yeah. the flag. It sunk in. Yeah, yeah, right there and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12, 13, 14 and 15 were one of the last years that you could actually have barbecues and you could pull your van up in the MCG car park. Tailgate. Yes, correct. Wow. Correct. Yeah, and right. they cut so it off. Have they cut that off now? In like 16, 17. They finished right. it. They didn't let anyone do it anymore. So, as you know, I go to every game in the, stand in the same spot at the MCG with boys from M10. Not only do you stand in the same spot of M10, but for our seven listeners out there, you have M10 tattooed on your arm. That's yes. right, listeners. Tattooed, just in case he's lost, returned to sender. So this is the colour of human we're dealing with. Yes, I yeah. am aware of where you stand in the ground. Everyone who's seen your flesh is. A long list of dumb things I've done in my life. Anyway, yeah. And guess what? That exponential list is continuing to grow. <laughs> yeah, so, so there's two, two brothers who used to always drink in there who would turn up at like two in the morning with a van full of piss, TV, barbecue, blah, blah, blah. 
and they would get right, they'd park right at the front of um, gate two. And uh, they would always have a heap of people from M10 there. So by this stage, I'm like deep in M10. They're every week, every single week, like a lot of, like a lot of those guys. So that day was great because you could hang out with whoever you want to hang out with during the day, but then you could turn up to the MCG at about 12 and Gavin Damo are going to be there with, and, and they have a huge Gavin crowd of people Damo. there, huge crowd. Of course it's Gavin so Damo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the time we get to 2015, mate, they're actually charging 50 bucks to people. That's how many people want to come and hang out of their van. Gavin Damo just cleaning up, were they? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, mate. So I uh, was pretty confident, actually. Fuck, we had a good team that year. Um, but Sydney, one of those annoying teams that can just stick produce, with you and produce on the day. Your way. Yeah, correct. And Malcheski kicked a goal in the first five minutes from the boundary line, which is out of his ass. And then he kicked one in the last five minutes out of his ass as well. And that was the fuck in the game. So Buddy kicks a goal late from about 60 metres from the boundary line. Mm. And I, I swear to you that I thought we were going to win from that. It's weird that you say that because I have a source close to Buddy that apparently when he kicked that, he thought, fuck, can't wait to play for these swans. <laughs> yeah, who's your source? I'm so glad we didn't because that boat's on the river. What a farce. So yeah. we didn't do that. So now we just did the footy festival. Definitely watched a replay of, no, sorry, say this, the Geelong Brizzy uh, prelim to get me. No, appreciate <laughs> it. To, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, very good, very good. So, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, look, we were up early because we had to be at the breakfast by like quarter to quarter to eight so i think first drink was in hand by um 7 a.m day of the grand final first drink was in hand with geelong last year you know like we've been there a few times we've been really consistent but then consistently losing as well in the big games. Yep. so turning up on saturday oh. you're just so not sure what's going to happen and it just ruins you because you're just in knots inside <laughs> yeah no i can relate game day experience very nervous early due to the fact along had always sort of been there and thereabouts but managed to sort of not get over the line since 2011 so a few nervous pints and pretty quick concession to try and take that edge off once at the game awesome tickets sat down pre-game entertainment all time got you pumped and then Tom Hawkins, first two goals out of a rough contest, just snapping it. And um, from then on, it looked like we were on and ready to rock and roll. You're a lifelong Cats fan. Yes, I am. And you went last year, 2022, and it was an absolute shellacking. Yes. Couldn't really enjoy it until I think we came out and kicked three very quick goals in that second second half. At half time, it was about, I think, a five, six goal differential. And all John supporters were like, if they come out and kick the first couple, then, you know. But anyway, yes, it was a shellacking. At what point did you think you'd won it? Oh, at least half time. At least, I remember even maybe even in the second quarter, just getting up at will to go get a beer rather than worrying about missing anything. <laughs> I just thought... I'll just get four, and I don't care what I miss because we're on. I'll, I won't miss too much. 
And beers are free at Grand Final Day, are they, mate? Are they still free? I think there's a heavily discounted price at some of those stalls, for sure. <laughs> I think it was 90-odd 90, 90 thousand. So. so what's your rule again? If it's over 70,000, you can just walk out with them? <laughs> yeah, well, anything along the lines of if no one's watching, it's yours to take home, isn't it? You can take the boy out of Queensland, mate. <laughs> Matthews knocked out Malcolm Blight in the first five minutes. So when they say Lee Matthews is the greatest footballer ever, and he would admit himself, he wasn't the fairest. No. So he got Malcolm Blight in the head, which he would have got six to ten weeks for now. And, of course, uh, Malcolm Blight was fairly important to North Melbourne. <laughs> and I remember Hawthorne had a good full forward in Moncrief, who kicked about six goals... It would have been on Dench, which is a big thing. At your end, were you suffering? Yeah, that? yeah, Might. yeah. He, he was very good. They had Dunstall on that yeah. later on, but Moncrief was a great footballer, great lead and a great mark. He was a clean footballer. Hawthorne generally had some tough heads like Scott Brereton and yeah, all those yeah. people. Yeah, Moncrief, I remember, killed us. He kicked about six goals, and you sort of know you're going to lose. With the Matthews hit... Yeah. Can you remember seeing it live? Was it a replay thing? You talk about no phones and internet. These days, people around you would be able to go, oh, he's done his, this, here's a replay. Did you know in real time, oh, we're in trouble here? Well, we were behind the goal. Malcolm Blight, great player, was coming down and, of course, uh, up goes the elbow from Matthews. I heard he headbutted his elbow. I heard it was the other way around. Any truth? <laughs> and, and down goes Malcolm and uh, uh, we didn't see him again for the rest of the game. So, look, that was the football of those years. I mean, they got away with murder. And if you played that sort of game now, we wouldn't have a game. I mean, really and truly, that puts families off. It does, unless you're the Matthews family, in which case you're like, <laughs> go for it, buddy. Well, well, no, but I think Lethal Lee has in later years confessed that he was a sniper. True, but Absolutely. I think hindsight and contrition can come pretty easy 20 years after the fact when you've <laughs> got a medal right. around your neck. You know what? I was wrong back then, so I couldn't hear you over the clinking of my medals. Yeah, it was like some stars who did drug, sex and rock and roll, and of course they come good at, at my age, the 60s and 70s, mm. they, they've, they've found God, and you oh, go, God, well, man. you know. All's forgiven, Keith. All's forgiven. <laughs> Right now.
and your old man, good friend of the pod, Pistol, and your brother, Junior, a.k.a. Guy, did you all go to the 93 and 95 together? Yeah, we went to 93. That was, yeah, that was a pretty sad day. The only thing I do re- almost remember was the Silvani touched on the line that wasn't a touched on the line, and then my brother and myself in tears from about three-quarter time onwards. Oh. But Dad, as he always did, never let us leave a game early. Good man. Also, when you live in Carlton, you can't really say you're beating the traffic, can you? <laughs> Had to sit through, like, the cup being handed out. Oh, no, nah, you can leave after Smith, that. No, nah, you can leave after the Bonner. siren. Come on, Pistol. Like, can, we, can we go now, Dad? Yeah, nah. Siren's one thing, but that's just a glutton for punishment. Hey, how much do you reckon, this might be a bit too philosophical for us at this hour of Grand Final Week, but you know you say, oh, well, I remember is the touch on the, on the line that wasn't a touch, blah, blah, blah. Is that a bit like when you see a photo of yourself as a kid and you're like, oh, I remember that Tonka truck and those tracky dacks? Do you really, or is it the fact that you have seen it in the subsequent years that jogs the memory? Do you actually reckon you remember it? You're probably right. Like, I would say it was the Great Southern Stand goal line. Okay. And we were sitting in the Southern Stand in the bottom deck, but it could have, you're oh, right. Oh, you might have then. You might have seen it. It might have been the other end. Mate, I hear... Uh, in reality, they actually won, and it was just your memory and all the vision that skewed the uh, <laughs> the result. So, all right, let's go to the good one then. 95, you're about 14. Obviously, you're too busy to get yourself your own ticket, not because you couldn't afford it, but you and your brother were no doubt cutting one away on the, the liner of a blue light disco somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Doing some of your finest work in your mid-teens around the 3053 postcode. What do you reckon was banging on the dance floor? That that probably Gangster's Paradise. That thing was, that, that was in the oh, charts for big. years. That was really big. Wasn't it? So run me through 95. You've got your ticket. You're with your dad and your brother. You've had the heartache. You've just about quelled the tears from two years prior. What are your lasting memories from game day 95? 95, it was a good day. I feel like it was just very celebratory. I feel, I feel like we, would, we never looked like losing that game. I can remember the opening goal, Craig Bradley. I thought it was a check side. I had a look back today at the replay and it was actually just a drop punt. But yeah, we were just, we were so dominant that I just felt like there was no chance we were going to lose that. You know, I was probably, you know, just going to be having, settling this uh, kick to kick at half time and a couple of meat pies at home, but then got the call like the day before that some tickets had been acquired and get ready to get down there. So. The old man drove me and my brother down, just dropped us off out the front of the MCG in the old 74 Cortina, and um, away we went. Found our seat. We're in the Ponsford stands, yep. right up the top. And, yeah, like I said, it was a bit of a one-way traffic for most of the game. It might have been close at the very start, but then, yeah, Carlton definitely kicked away after half time. And it was an absolute star-studded lineup, wasn't it? I think Sticks and Diesel kicked about 10 between them. You've got Sauce. Yeah, Sauce. Peter Dean, oh, you, you could just keep listing listing players. Brattles, Peter Dean, Andrew McKay. Brad Pierce had that season that was out of the box. And yeah. I don't know if he really did much more than that one season. Doesn't matter, does it? You pump the cats, you win the trophy, and then obviously your dad didn't leave early, like 93. You reap the benefits. I was a big Stephen Kernahan yep. kind of guy. Yeah, I was just cheering for him to kick goals. He kicked five in the end, but I was just, that was my kind of focus. I wanted to get it to Kernahan. Mate, it's remarkable, though, that I've been calling around, you know, this is more than a quarter of a century ago, and not to, again, pull the curtain back, but I called you pretty much cold. Today, mate, did you go to a granny? You said, yes, I called you. And the recall for people in the grand, in, when they go to a grand final is remarkable to me. They know where they stood or sat. They know who kicked what. There are vague memories, 
but it really does come flooding back. There must be something quite visceral about the experience of a grand final day, especially in those sort of post-formative years, those early teens. Yeah, yes and no, I'll say to that one, because couldn't actually tell you how those goals looked, and it's probably because I've read it numerous times since then and relived it. You know, you kind of remember the statistic like we do with bloody Warney's landmark wickets without necessarily being there. It's one of those statistical things that we tend to do with sport, I reckon, a bit. You know how they say that youth is wasted on the young? Did you have an inkling that you wouldn't be back there? Uh, 99 aside, you didn't get to go to that. Was there At what no. point in the 2000s did you think, ah, oh, shit, I probably should have paid a bit more attention to that winning feeling? Yeah, I think so. And then you kind of just want to win one when you're sort of of age and you can actually go out and celebrate properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, instead of going home and getting in trouble for not having a bath or something. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity, seize everything you ever wanted, one moment that you captured, just let it slip, yo. remember the very first grand final loss that I saw in 97 when uh, Darren Jarman tore us apart in the last quarter and I was like, we've got to do better than that. And going into 09, I thought we were a genuine chance. You know, Geelong were always going to be up for it because they had 08 pinched off them. Mm. But uh, I, I genuinely thought we were the best best team of that year. And, um, yeah, that little fucking toe poke right at the end of the game oh. from – from, uh, I think it was from Matty Scarlett, and well, then they was. just jailed a goal, and then that was pretty much all she wrote. That took all the air out of our tyres, and we just couldn't come back. Yeah. It's a horrible, horrible day, too. It was hailing. <laughs> I was on cloud nine at the start because I got taken to a um, grand final breakfast. Yeah. A supplier of mine took me and me mate Radis to the to the grand final, and it's hailing, and I'm sitting there like, oh, mate, we better win. I'm fucking would never come to the footy on a day like today. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, got beat. Uh, walked out of the ground with my tail between my legs with my mate Radis. We were stone-cold sober. We'd only had two beers for the whole game. What was the thinking behind that? Tight asses? Oh, we were just – the seats weren't great. Uh, they were up on the third level. It was just a really close game. Yeah, too tense. I just – we didn't want to leave our seats. And, like, you go down at quarter time, because it was an intense game – Every fucking bastard and his dog was at the bar at quarter time or half time. I think we had a couple of beers at half time and then went back to our seats. An awful ending to an awful day. Part of the start, like yeah. the, the draw, was one of the weirder days of my life. I was literally the back row of the Great Southern Stand huh. uh, on centre wing. It, it was tense. Like, you couldn't get two more ridden supporter groups than Collingwood and St Kilda, I don't reckon, when it comes to grannies, because for, for two vastly different reasons. 
Saints obviously just a shit club, uh, and when they get to them, they do lose them. And us, we we get to them all the time and 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 lose them. So right. two of the most morose, pessimistic supporter groups. Yeah, uh, and it was just tense. The whole the whole game was tense. Yeah, I was same thing again. I thought we'd I thought we'd pretty much were the best team all year. I thought we. We had it when Liam Davis kicked the goal in the third quarter. I thought, oh, we're, we're going to win a grand final here. Holy shit. And then Brendan Goddard took mark of the century, which would be the greatest grand final mark in the history of grand final marks if they'd won. Mm. But they didn't. You know, Goddard comes in in that last quarter, takes one of the best fucking hangers that's ever been taken in a grand final. And I was like, right, we're on here. I'm texting me Collingwood mates going, fucking boys, no matter what happens, let's go out for a beer, you know. Because I'm not one of those people who give shit to other supporters. You know, I already thought we'd won it, and then, you know, a bounce goes the wrong way. The bounce of the ball, Stephen Milne. Oh. The karma bus hit him square in the bonds. <laughs> um, and we got away with one. Yeah, and We knew we got away that. with one. Yeah, You know, they kick a point, level it up. And, um, yeah, it was a draw, and it was just weird. Like, Lenny, Lenny Hayes was absolutely disgusted that they gave him a Norm Smith medal for a draw. <laughs> if you watch the footage, he's lost his voice. He says, oh, thanks, guys, see you next week, and he takes his Norm Smith medal straight off. Oh, that would just hurt him looking at that at home now, wouldn't it? It should be a moment of real pride, and he would just think, Guarantee that went in a, in some sort of a box, and it's never been looked at again by Lenny Hayes, mate. He's not, he's not that type of bloke. The walk back to town over the bridge, over the Birurungma Bridge, the William Burrock Bridge, mm. was the weirdest, single weirdest human experience I've ever had because there was roughly 100,000 people in almost total silence, trudging. In the dusk, they they have that thing like they say that it's like kissing your sister a draw. Yeah, well, I was going to ask because people say, "Oh, it's like dancing with your sister." Like, has anyone ever done that? No, ah, no. Shocking well, analogy. Pretty good dancer as well. Um, your sister can move. Kissing can move. sister. Yeah, not great. No, it was just it was an empty feeling. But I think Saints fans knew that that was their chance. I reckon. Yeah. And Pies fans, it took us about a day to go. Oh, actually, we're going to kick these guys' ass. And that week, I didn't have a shred of nervousness leading up to that. Like, it was just a, a really buoyant kind of, this week, we got away with it. We've had our mulligan. Here we go. Mate, once I was in there, I was, I was upstairs on the second level in some bar. I, th- I can't remember who it was named after. And there was just a big sheet of glass and a bar behind me that no one was standing in. And I was pretty much standing in this bar on my own because everyone's in their seats and that. And I, I hate sitting in my seat at the footy. I've got to stand up. Yep. I can't listen to some fucking buffoon yelling out, centre it or tag him. <laughs> oh, I just can't have it. So I've got to stand as far away from those people as possible. <laughs> Those people. And, um, yeah, I just sat in this bar drinking the whole time and pretty much from the first quarter I knew we were going to lose. Like, they were just a younger side. We, we, we threw everything at them the, the week before. I was sitting next to this old dude. So they, these were good kickers. These were that first-level Olympic stand, um, you know, sort of like posh seats. Yep. And I had this old guy and his wife sitting next to me and, you know, I didn't pay too much attention to him, but I was starting to get a little bit, Third quarter, I'm like, oh, it's party time. It's party time. And this guy sort of was asking the odd question, oh, what's that mean? Who's that guy? Oh, real fan. 
you're a real fan, real fan. And I sort of said to him, oh, so uh, you, you, you're not from Melbourne. You're not, not, a, not, a, not a footy fan. He goes, no, 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 I've got my tickets to Channel 7. I said, oh, what do you do? Channel 7, I work at Channel 7. He goes, oh, I'm a commentator. What? I sort of did the, the look back and I've had a look at him. He's old, he's grey hair, he's quite small. I'm like, yeah, okay, oh, good on you. Didn't want to sort of, you know, harsh his buzz by saying, who the fuck are you? <laughs> anyway, halfway through the third quarter, him and his missus get up to go. He said, well done, mate. Lean over, shook my hand. He said, well done, mate. Good on you. Enjoy the win. I was, where are you going? He said, oh, this one's over. We're off. You're going to beat the rush. And I went, you're nuts. You're going to miss the greatest party in world sport. <laughs> Slight hyperbole. No, no, no. Seen it all before. Seen it all before. Off he goes. And then the guy next to me goes, how do you know How do you know him? I said, oh, I don't know him. He just sat next to me. Do you know who it was? No. No. That was a former Senator Graham Richardson, political <laughs> commentator for Channel 7. <laughs> the oh. head kicker. Mate, oh, fucking idiot. This week's standing room only, you're going to be with uh, Peter Harvey, Canberra, but... Oh, he's not allowed. He's not allowed to see standing room because he always notoriously wore the, the the Reg Grundies and the moccasins underneath the desk. So we might have to find a seat for him. I reckon. It's a bit of a torturous game as a first Saints fan because it didn't really at any stage feel like we we're, were even a chance. Like the Pies were just was just way too fit, way too young, and way too good on that replay. And then yeah, Lionel Richie was great. We were dancing <laughs> on the ceiling. The Heathshaw smother. That's when everyone knew. Yeah. that the grand final was in the bag. From pleasure to pain, mate. Let's run through 2018 briefly. Oi, oi, oi. What are your memories so, of that? I was Ponsford level two, I think, right behind the goals. Good. And we knew it was all over when the banner banner fell apart. <laughs> Bad omen. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like the groan and the acceptance of what was to come just sort of filtered around the whole round. And it was just like... Oh, we're, we're done here. Couldn't happen so to a better good. club. And, and you know, we, we started really brightly. Desperation in our cheering, but then we stopped for, for some reason. And, um, yeah, the rest is history. I mean, the the, the block on Maynard set up the, the winning goal, you know, all those little things. Yeah. Jordan McGowie actually missed a spoil at the other end. He just didn't go hard enough. And I think he's remedied that part of his game, thank fuck. All right, some impressive memories there and some pretty lasting ones as well. So that was the game day experience, second quarter of the fan final week. Our fizz is ramping right up, Mace. We'll be back tomorrow with quarter three. And until then, I love you and I need you to stay mint. Stay mint and I goddamn love you. Go and get yourself a snag roll, mate. It's been a while.
good day. I feel like it was just very celebratory. I feel I feel like we would we never looked like losing that game. An awful ending to an awful day. Who the fuck are you?